So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. What is up, everybody? It is Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you're having a great day. I am having an amazing day. I've been just really productive. You know, one of those days where you're just getting stuff done. And I had a couple things lined up that I was just dreading, um, like boring admin, you know, paperwork, stuff you need to do, taxes, all that kind of stuff. And um, it just went a lot smoother than I thought it would. So that was really nice. So I'm having a good day. Um, I don't have too much to really promote or talk about before we get into our content. But, you know, I just want to remind you guys that uh, I hope as you listen to this podcast um, that you really think about how you can get other people involved in this area of your life. Uh, one of the things I've just been thinking about a lot lately is the value of community, you know, and just the, like, it, you just, you literally cannot put a price on having good community, people that are in your corner cheering you on, helping you alongside you for the journey. And, you know, I mean, there's different kinds of community. You have people who are your cheerleaders. They're going to support you no matter what. Um, you have some people who are, uh, maybe they're, they're people who look up to you, people that you lead, and hopefully you have people laterally as well that, um, that you know, you kind of push each other, uh, you learn from each other, you grow from each other, and you run, run alongside. And um, we haven't necessarily created any resources to make the podcast that kind of experience. It's not the way we set it up. But I really do hope that you share these episodes, you know, when things resonate with you, share it with a buddy. Um, it's a really cool way to build some camaraderie. And I know for me, some of the best conversations I've had with my friends have been over podcast episodes, you know, because I'll listen to something and I'll send it over. I'll say, hey, man, thought of you. Uh, give this a listen. Tell me what you think. One friend, he he listened to it like the same day and then he called me the next day and we had this great like 90 minute chat and um, it was so fun. So um, anyway, it's just, it's not something that we really talk about a lot on the podcast, but um, I would say it's a bit of a covert mission is that this would actually spark some conversations and maybe even help you build um, some deeper accountability and community in your life because um, I've just seen it in my own life, certainly in my recovery and in the areas where I'm successful now, um, having that community really goes a long way. So uh, anyway, nice little preface, but uh, what we're talking about today is a really interesting subject. It's the issue of trust. And I'll be honest, like I, I plan to write a lot of books. You know, I got my first book coming out here in February and I know that eventually at some point I will write a book about trust. I actually had an idea like four years ago to write a book called The Speed of Trust. And then I found out that I think it was Stephen Covey or Sean Covey, uh, one of those guys had already written a book with that title. I was like, ah, oh, man, stole my idea. So um, anyways, I'll have to find a new angle, but I got time. Um, but all that is to say, th this topic of trust is really interesting to me because I, I think that a lot of the successes we experience in our lives and the breakdowns that we experience in our lives revolve around the concept of trust. Now, when I talk about trust, our, most of our ideas divert to our relationships with other people. So if I say, you know, tell me about a time where somebody broke your trust, or who is somebody in your life that is trustworthy? 
you're, you're going to start thinking about family, friends, teachers, peers, colleagues, coworkers, teammates, roommates, you know, like it's going to be people that you've done life with to some varying degree over the course of your life. We think about others and, you know, rightfully so. I mean, it is our relationship with others that really forms our imprints of trust. But, um, of course, there's other relationships that exist in our lives, um, not just the ones that are horizontal, uh, but we have vertical a vertical relationship, um, to be more specific, with God. And trust there is a really big deal as well, isn't it? I mean, how often do we catch ourselves saying or hear other people saying, like, I just need to trust God in this season or, you know, it's a really tough time, but we're just trusting God. Um, you know, I'm actually laughing because I'm just like, whoa, these are so cliche. How often do we, do we use these cliches around trust, right? Um, one of the most commonly quoted scriptures in the Bible is Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Trust. You know, this whole thing of trusting God, we we kind of know it. Um, admittedly, a lot of the cliches are cop-outs. They're not actually honest. You're not actually trusting God in this season. You just don't have a solution. You don't know what else to say, and you have to cover it up with something spiritual. So you pulled the, the easiest, oldest trick in the book and said you're just trusting God. That That's, I mean, that's maybe that's a little bit harsh, a little bit jaded, but you know what I mean. Like, we often use these words trust, but do we actually know what it means? And and again, these relationships that I've talked about so far are the horizontal relationships and then the vertical relationship with God. But, you know, if I pose the question, uh, or if I guess to repose the question, like who are people in your life that you trust? Let me ask, how long does it take before you name yourself? Interesting, isn't it? Self-trust is this really fascinating concept that uh, came up in a group coaching call probably about a month ago. And I, I told the client, look, what you just mentioned is so, it's so interesting that I want to talk about it on the podcast. And so he gave me permission. And um, obviously, you know, we don't use client identifiers or anything on here anyway. But, um, but I just thought for you to get a little bit of context of where this is coming from, um, it was totally inspired by uh, something that, you know, one of our guys was working through. So... Let me just be more direct, you know, just to kind of get the conversation rolling here. Do you trust yourself? Do you trust yourself? That's a that's a layered question. Like, you shouldn't be answering that yes or no. I, I would love for you to actually think about it a little bit and give me a more of a gray answer. Um, for me, when I ask myself the question, I realize that there's actually a lot of areas where I can very confidently say I trust myself. And there's a bunch of areas where I'm not sure and there's probably a small handful of areas where I would say no. Um, so let me give you an example. Do, uh, do I trust myself in the area of finances? Yes, that would be an area where I actually, like I make good decisions. If I say I'm gonna do something or I'm gonna spend money a certain way or I'm gonna save money or whatever, I'm good for it. You know, I, I don't really waver on that front. And if I do, I'll have the conversation with, um, in this case, it's my wife, because obviously we're together with our finances. Um, I'll have the conversation, we work it through, and we're good. You know what I mean? Like, um, high trust, and it, I think what marks high trust is not just do I do what I say I'm going to do, but it's the response in the face of failure or shortcomings. And, and that is what really solidifies trust. 
So for me, I know I'm trustworthy in this area because I haven't been perfect, but when I've messed up, I've been able to have the conversations, clean up my mess. An area where I'm kind of gray, you know, kind of iffy, um, would be, <laughs> this is actually, this just came up recently, recalling what happened in a fight. So any of you who, are, who have dated or you're married, you'll know exactly what I mean. You start to rehash like the you said, I said parts of a discussion, right? So like my wife and I had this blow up. I went, I went traveling, you know, so excited to see her. She's excited to see me. We've been texting all week or weekend or whatever it was. And um, I said something stupid, uh, like right as soon as we got into the car and like we just fought for the next like 20 minutes. It was really bad. It was, it was actually so sad. Um, and so, you know, things had settled down after a while and we're having this conversation uh, afterwards and we're, we're rehashing it. And I'm like, yeah, but you said this. And when you said this, I felt that. And she's like, no, 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 I did not say that you said this. And, you know, we're going back and forth. And, um, to be honest, this conversation was one of the first times that I realized, oh my gosh, my wife actually has a better memory of what happened than I do. And I, I, it's probably been going on longer. I, I would say, generally speaking, I do have a, a sharper memory. I'm really good with details. Um, she's really good with sort of the feel of the moment. And she can, she can remember like kind of the, how it made her feel, the experience, um, the tonality. You know, she pays attention to those things. And it's more my left brain that's like, but this is what was said. Here is the order. But I actually got that wrong. And it, it made me realize, oh my gosh, I actually, my trust in this area should not be as high as it is. I don't think I can trust myself as much as I, I thought I could because um, I got it wrong, you know. And there, there's actually great, great wisdom to just understanding like or acknowledging like, oh yeah, I, I don't actually fully trust myself in this area. It's, it's much better that you would say that than, than to be like me and have high trust for yourself in an area where you're not actually trustworthy. So it's totally okay to have these sort of gray areas where you're like, I don't actually fully trust myself. That's a good thing. Um, the last thing is the areas where you do not trust yourself at all. And again, just to you know, keep myself on the altar here, I, I've tried to make some dietary adjustments to how I consume chocolate. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm really putting myself out here, man. I, I love chocolate. And I'm really disciplined with how I eat sweets as well. It's a little bit of this, you know, weird juxtaposition. So like I have dessert once a, a week, maybe twice a week. I always have dessert date night and then sometimes I'll have it on the weekend. But I'm really disciplined with my eating uh, on that front. So I don't, I don't indulge in anything exorbitant. But I don't go a day without eating at least a couple pieces of chocolate. You know what I mean? So like I'll have, I'll usually, I work out around lunchtime, I eat lunch right after, and then usually I'll have a, a couple pieces of chocolate, that kind of thing. And I've tried, man, I have tried different things to stop eating chocolate. Um, I don't feel too bad about doing it like right after a workout, especially if I'm getting like good food in my system first. But then um, it's sort of leaked into like after dinner, I usually have a piece of chocolate then. And like it's 90% dark chocolate, you know, like it's still like really healthy. But, um, but this is like an area where I just don't trust myself. And um, it, it's something I'm going to focus on in 2022. I haven't figured out exactly how I'm going to challenge myself because um, I want to change. You know, I, I want to change that area. But admittedly, right now, I just do not trust myself. Like, I just find the chocolate, you know, one way or, or another. So anyway, hopefully that gives you an idea of sort of the different, um, I don't know, the different levels of trust that you could have with yourself and what that might look like. So with that in mind, let me pose the question for the third time. Do you trust yourself? 
And the reason this came up in our group coaching call is because, uh, you know, this client was saying, you know, I, I actually, I, I have a good handle on my inner life. I understand why I'm doing some of the things um, that I do. And, you know, I, I'm in touch with my emotions. I can generally, you know, get a good grip on them. But what I've realized recently is that one of the reasons I continue to struggle with porn and sexual misbehavior is because I don't trust myself. And I just thought that was such a fascinating observation and I had never heard it phrased that way. So he, as he said that, I, I thought, wow, how profound. Like, okay, yeah, I, I, I get that. Like, you don't trust yourself. So I kind of poked around a little bit and was like, well, why don't you trust yourself? And so he's talking about his track record and this is an area where he's generally been weak and, um, you know, like he's just accumulated experience after experience of breaking that trust with himself where he said he was going to do something a certain way um, or he said he was going to, you know, not look at porn anymore or uh, other areas of his life like he was kind of opening up and it's just been hard to cultivate trust with himself as a result. So the question he asked me, which is the question I want to ask you as well, in the areas where you do not have full trust with yourself, what is required for you to restore it? And that was the question he asked me, how do I, how do I build trust with myself? Honestly, one of the best questions that anybody's probably ever asked me uh, in my coaching practice. That was really, really cool. So I wanted to share some of the answers I gave him and... Um, and I, I told him I'd do a podcast episode on it as well. So um, I hope he's listening and, and uh, maybe we'll, we'll get some more insights because some of these things I've had a chance to percolate and brew a little bit and uh, maybe they've matured a bit. So we might have some, some things to add from, from when I first answered the question. Um, he, here's the thing. I, I want to kind of redefine trust. I, I already mentioned it earlier, but you know, especially in this context of trusting yourself, truthfully, what it looks like is you... Well, okay, what it looks like is you doing the things you say you're going to do. There's this whole thing about following through with your actions on not only the words you say, but the words you think. Like if we purpose in our hearts we're going to do something and then we don't do it, it's not like it doesn't affect our trust because technically we didn't say it out loud or whatever. There's no technicalities here. It's like if you purpose to do something and you don't do it, you deteriorate the trust with yourself. So that's the first facet of trust. It's that, it's that we're actually doing the things we intend to do. We're saying the things uh, or we're doing the things that we say we're going to do. It, it's, it's that follow through. It's that, it's that there is alignment with our behaviors and our activities and the words that we speak. That is a huge part of it. And the other part of trust is transparency. So that when things don't go according to plan, because they won't, you know, you will purpose to do something and then not end up doing it. It doesn't matter how diligent or disciplined you are. Those things will happen. And the transparency allows you to own your shortcomings, to communicate openly about it, and to effect change so that it doesn't happen again in the future. And this is the part where people really lack when it comes to building trust with themselves. Because I think it's, it's easy to say like, yeah, I'm going to start 2022 porn-free, um, I'm going to do X, I'm going to do Y. Like, so, like for me, I'm like, you know, I'm going to change the way I consume chocolate. Um, it might be like a workout goal. It's so easy to speak it out loud. But the question remains, like, is there any accountability 
or ownership if you don't do the things that you say you're going to do. That's the measure of trust. And the fewer prompts that are necessary for you to be transparent, the more trustworthy you are. You should really take in that statement. I, um, you guys probably know this from listening to, to the podcast for a while, but like I, I've been part of charismatic churches. I am a part of a charismatic church, and I, I love my churches dearly. And in, in these charismatic churches, there's a high value on the prophetic, you know, and hearing God's voice. So when there's big world events like, uh, oh, I don't know, um, an American presidential election going on, uh, the prophets are loud. And there's lots of prophecies and prophetic words about who's going to be in and what God's going to do through them and all that kind of stuff. It's really, really interesting. Now, of course, if you really do a, a thorough vetting of the prophetic words in this arena, like it was really interesting in, uh, for the most recent presidential election because you know, you have an equal number of prophecies on both sides, like Domin- uh, Dominicans. Uh, Republicans, <laughs> how's that for a Freudian slip? Republicans and Democrats. And, you know, the, the, it's just funny because, like, that means about 50% of these prophets are going to be wrong. But the amounts or the percentage of prophets who actually come out and say, hey, we, we were wrong about this. Um, we apologize for any hurt any, you know, misguidance that it caused and, um, you know, we're working to sharpen our gift and to, you know, handle these matters better or whatever. The, the, the percentage of people who actually took ownership of it is very, very small. So, like, let's, let's just imagine, let's put two people side by side and they, they have both predicted something is going to happen and both of them have made a prediction that is incorrect. By default, the, the shortcoming reduces trust. It's like, how can I trust this person if they came up short? Whatever it might be, you can fill in that blank. Like, how are you going to trust yourself if, if you say, 2022, I'm not looking at porn, and then January 3rd, you sneak in a quick pick, right? Like, the, the, there's a disconnect there. But if the person who, who made the incorrect prediction comes out and says, hey, um, I just want to acknowledge, like, I made a mistake here. I'm really sorry about it, and I'm going to work hard to improve or, or make adjustments and not let this happen again. Wouldn't you trust that person more than the other person who just, you know, sweeps it under the rug and kind of carries on as if nothing happened? So this is, a, the, this is the, the part of trust that I really want you to get today, is if you are going to build trust with yourself, you need to do two things. For starters, you need to start small. Like, don't do grandiose things to build trust with yourself. It makes no sense. Like, let me ask you this. If you just met, a, you just met somebody, let's say you, you, um, you went to a birthday party, okay? You go to a friend's birthday party and you meet somebody, you, you've never talked to them before, okay? And it's just a friend. I'm not talking about like you meet somebody romantically. It's just a friendship. You get along, you talk about work, you have a couple things in common, whatever. And let's say... Um, at the end of the day, um, I don't know, maybe this, the, the birthday party was at a restaurant and everybody had their own tabs. And this person goes to pay their tab and, um, and they realize that they, they forgot their wallet. So they come to you and they say, hey, can you give me your credit card? I need to go pay my bill. Would you give them your credit card? Probably not. Now you might say, hey, um, yeah, okay, I can help you out. Like, let me come over, I'll swipe the card but you're probably not going to give your credit card to somebody you just met because that, that level of act, even though it communicates really high trust, 
it doesn't make sense when you don't have the, the rapport built or, or the pattern, the history of trust to lean into. So similarly, if there's a broken pattern of trust with yourself, you, you keep telling yourself that you're going to do X, Y, Z, and then you don't come through on it, then making a, a more grandiose promise isn't going to change squat. What you actually want to do is the opposite. It's counterintuitive, but it's the right way to do it. You, you want to start small. So it's like, okay, maybe instead of saying like, I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to like, my promise to myself is that I'm going to do, uh, like for me, it would be like, I'm not going to eat one piece of chocolate um, after dinner for all of 2022. Well, you, you, can, you can do that. Like if, if that's the goal for me, then what I should probably do in the next two weeks here between now and the end of the month is I should start, right? I should, I should probably start reducing it. Like let's see if I can do that two times a week, three times a week. Let's, let's start small, maybe once a week, and let's build a little bit of trust that way first before we go harder. Because once you start committing to something big, see, it's, it's one thing to set a vision. That's fine. Like set the most lofty, grandiose visions you can think of. Set them. But then your, your more intermediate goals have to be realistic, right? That's part of a smart goal. It's realistic. And, and so if you want to build trust with yourself, start small. But number two, set things up in such a way so that if you do fall short, for whatever reason it may be, if you fall short, that you own it, you're transparent with anybody who's involved, and that you agree to learn from it. That is where trust is truly built. And it's the reason I have no trust in myself about eating chocolate after dinner and I have very high trust in myself for not looking at porn, for handling my money well. Like these are just areas where I have been trustworthy. I have a track record with myself. And if I were to make mistakes in those areas, there are people in my life I would own up to. In fact, one of my big lessons that I learned when I was dating Shaloma is that I would rather confess a temptation than confess a mistake. Again, another great example of how you build high fidelity in a relationship, whether it's with God, other people, or yourself. It's that you, you just get ahead of the curve in your communication when things are not going quite right. So how do you build trust in yourself? Start small. Do little things. Make it easy. Set yourself up for success. And when you come short, be transparent. Own it. And if it's, if it's something like porn where it's like, well, I don't need to talk to somebody else about it, then force yourself to do it. Whether that means you set up some accountability software, um, maybe you just bake it into a pre-existing friendship. That's sort of what we recommend. It doesn't matter how you do it, but that is, what, um, that is how you start to build trust with yourself. And as you start to do these small things well, then you can start to do more things and more things and more things. And, and you can start to kind of expand the band, so to speak. You can expand what it is you're trusting yourself with and how much trust you actually have. Um, and I, I guess what I'd just wrap up by saying is this is like the bedrock of identity and good character, guys. Like if you can do this well, my goodness, you will become unbelievably trustworthy and people will feel it. You know, like one of the things people say about me on a pretty regular basis is I have no idea why, but I trust you and I barely know you. 
Like I hear that several times a year, you know, people that I've just made friends with or that I'm just getting to know or that kind of thing, you know, like I'm in my thirties, I'm not meeting new people all the time, but people that I am getting to spend time with, um, in newer friendships always, always say, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just trust you. That's so weird. Cause I normally don't trust people that quickly. Um, and you know, like I've, I mean, I have high relational intelligence. That's certainly a skill set of mine, but what it, where it actually comes from is just that I trust myself. So if I trust myself, then it gives people permission and it actually teaches them to trust me also. So that is how you can learn to trust yourself. And you know, if, if you've had this recurring pattern of struggling with pornography and making promises and slips and all that kind of stuff, I really want to encourage you to apply this. Start building trust with yourself. Start small. Set some small goals. Just commit to a, a, one small action that you can do every single day that's going to help you in your journey to freedom. Like just commit really small. Make a record of it because when you make a record of it, you're going to start to see, hey, look at me. Like I did this thing seven days in a row. All right. And you start to build trust in, your, in yourself. And then it starts to snowball and you can set the goals higher. You can start aiming for bigger things and your trust is going to accrue exponentially as a result. That's everything for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I wish you an incredible day. And hey, if you leave a rating or a review for this podcast, it really helps us get the word out. Um, so thanks in advance uh, for doing that. Have an amazing day. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Sophia again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a rating or review on your podcast platform. Now, I want to take this final moment to invite you to something that I'm really excited about, our deep clean VIP community. Here's the deal. We saw that in this space of manhood, sexuality, and faith, there are a lot of unasked questions. They range from relationships to sex to male anatomy, calling, career, and everything in between. We create a deep clean VIP for men like you who want regular coaching from me, VIP access to our podcast guests where you get to interact with some of the world's leading experts in men's health, a monthly seminar, and a community of men from around the world pursuing success in life and integrity in sexuality. Deep Clean VIP provides answers to your deepest questions, hope for a full recovery, and the necessary tools to make that full recovery a reality. If you're ready to take things to the next level, I want you to stop what you're doing right now and sign up for Deep Clean VIP at www.sathiasam.com slash deepcleanvip. The link is in the show notes, but let me give it one more time. That's www.sathiasam.com slash deepcleanvip. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.